Welcome to the Jig Is Up podcast with your hosts, Darcy and Jason. The Jig Is Up is recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, as well as the lands of Treaty 6 Nations. We aim to bring you new perspectives and open up conversations about Métis politics, culture, and current events, as well as stories that affect Indigenous from all over. If you like the show, or you don't, or if you want to send us suggestions for guests or topics to discuss on the show, feel free to email us at metispodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on all of the social media at Métis Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Jig is Up. Of course, I'm Darcy and Jason. Welcome, buddy. How's it going this evening, my man? Not too shabby at all. Um, how you handling the uh, coronavirus up there in the north? Oh, it's fun. Fun times. I don't mind being quarantined when you're uh, living in the woods. It's not m- much of a hardship. Yeah, that's right. Eh? You got a pretty decent place up there. So, only thing I wish is that uh, I was getting some nicer weather. Yeah, what's with that? We get some nice warm weather for a couple of days, and then it snows again. It's a blizzard here tonight. I tell you what. Yeah, we've just been. Uh, we'll get a couple, like one or two, maybe three or four days, nice days, and then more snow, and then then it'll yeah. warm up, and then more snow. So I don't know what's going on, but. I think 2020 is just all hell is broken loose as far as 2020 goes. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what summer brings. Well, <laughs> if we're even allowed out of the house by summer, I uh, one thing I've been enjoying through this whole coronavirus uh, thing though is uh, the the memes and the internet jokes and the the senses of humor that people are displaying about all of this. So I've been very much enjoying that. It is pretty entertaining. Social media has uh, rarely been this fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to start off the episode. Uh, there was a story from Northern Alberta. I think, yeah, it was Northern Alberta. And I don't want to dwell on it too, too much, but because it's just out of respect. But there was a story, uh, a couple of guys who uh, were Métis. I believe they're Métis. It says that in the article. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, they were out, uh, one of them got laid off during uh, this COVID time and low oil prices and all this stuff. And uh, so they went hunting and uh, they were doing some hunting and fishing for themselves, for their families, for their community. And uh, uh, they were found on the road by their truck, uh, shot and killed. And nobody knows, to, to, as, of, as far as I know, they haven't... Um, you know, they have no leads on who it was. They're asking people if they have cameras or if they were in the area to contact the RCMP. Um, there's a GoFundMe set up for their the family. So it's just kind of a sad thing to see a couple of Métis guys out trying to provide for people during this time. And uh, and somebody decided to go up, and I'm, I'm assuming it was some sort of racist, racially motivated thing. I don't know, but it was pretty sad. Well, it's it it's definitely kind of a bizarre case, given that it was two two people, right? Yeah, and like at at this point, we don't know what happened. Was there an argument? Was there, you know, what happened? And nobody knows. So, um, just uh, I don't know. I just wanted to mention it, just so in case people aren't aware, there was uh, you know, it happened and. If you want to head to the GoFundMe, um, it doesn't have it here in the article. I just realized I don't have the GoFundMe here. Let me see if I can. Yeah, so on GoFundMe, it's called Sarah's Support. Um, and Sarah is the wife of one of the of the young men that w- was laid off. Um, they have three uh, young children, 
and so it's kind of sad. Um, so if you if you feel like donating, go to GoFundMe.com and look up Sarah's support, and um, and you can find it that way. So that's kind of sad news. Uh, you don't ever want to hear that, but yeah, no, no one wants to hear about kids becoming fatherless. That's terrible. Yeah, and I just I I you know I don't want to get my hopes up, but at the same time I I want to make sure you know, like I I hope that they figure out what the hell happened and what what went on, but but we shall see. So right now I don't think the RCMP have really any leads other than there was a couple of trucks spotted in the area, but for northern Alberta that's not really much of a lead. So <laughs> yeah, that's not going to solve any riddles anytime soon. Yeah, so I just, I hope they're, you know, obviously hearts and go out to their families and, and friends. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a sad thing for the Métis people of Alberta. So, I guess, <laughs> this is kind of a choppy episode because I, I kind of, it's all this coronavirus stuff. But um, the federal government announced $305 million for Indigenous community support as part of their, their bailout package. Um, and how that breaks down is 200 and looks like 215 million is going to first nations. Inuit get 45 million and Métis get 30 million. Um, and then further it breaks down to Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba all get seven and a half million each for Métis, just for Métis. And then British Columbia and Ontario only get 3.75 million each, which is weird. But uh, that, that's the breakdown for the Métis, uh, I guess, the cartel agencies, organizations. Um, and I don't know. What, what do you think just on, on the, the dollar value of starting off, Jay? Well, it, it, you kind of seen this coming because it's administered through the, the Métis National Council. It's pretty much how they break down all their money, right? Yeah. Um, it, all their funding goes that way. So I'm not surprised that Ontario's, you know, kind of out in the cold, given its its numbers. Um, it'll be very interesting to see because the money is coming through the MNC. Does Ontario actually get to see their funding since they're suspended? Well, that's just it. Um, I would assume that they are, but I don't know. <laughs> that, that might be a real full pof the government holds back on that, although I don't know if they care at this point, so... Well, again, it all depends on is the money going directly to the MNO, which I would hope so, or is it going to the MNC to be distributed to Métis people? Yeah, like it very, it very much uh, seems clear that the federal government went with the MNC's, you know, version of of money breakdown here for sure. Um, I don't, I I hesitate to to. I really would like this money to be held accountable i know it will not a hundred percent this money is going to be absolutely unaccountable even more so than normal i believe but it sure would be nice to know say a year from now exactly what they did with this seven and a half million what programs did you provide how many people did you help what kind of help was it what did it look like because i think it's a pretty it's a it's a very general um here's what they say for the seven and a half million so it's for support for elders and vulnerable community members, measures to address food insecurity, educational and other support for children, mental health assistance and emergency response services, and preparedness measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So 
I don't like what 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 do you think about how like where are they going to I mean what are they even going to do with this money at this point? Well, I mean some of it seems like it's allocated to, you know, noble causes like, you know, helping elders. That's obviously a good one. Mm-hmm. I'd like I'd like to know like you said though at the end of the day, I'd like to hear from elders who actually got helped because of this. Yeah. You know, with seven and a half million dollars or more, um, I'm hoping more than one or two people get helped out. Well, and it'll be interesting. Like, I, what I'd like to know, really, more even more specifically, is what communities got help. So, is this going to be Calgary and Edmonton get ninety percent of the funding, and the the rest of the province gets gets a little bit? Um, so, like, do you know what I mean? Where how does this break down? And I. I I'm very hesitant for the government, even in this kind of pandemic situation, to just turn over seven and a half million dollars and say, guys, just have fun, go at it. Um, I really hope there's some checks and balances in there, although I'm not 100% certain there is. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure what would give you the idea that there is based on all the reporting we've done on how they spend their monies. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, It's just off topic here on money, but... I was started reading uh, the book called uh, Rotten to the Core, which was written about the Métis, Manitoba Métis Federation. Uh, thanks to my buddy Alan for, for sending me his copy of the book, and it's taken me forever to get reading it. But, you know, now that I have lots of time on my hands, I'm starting to read the book. Um, <laughs> I got 15 pages in, and I had to put it down because I it just is so frustrating to read a book written, I'm going to say early 90s, about the Manitoba Métis Federation and, you know, what happened in the 80s and how they kind of became what they are. And right away it's talking about how all the guys there, as soon as they got government money, they were spending a million dollars a year on travel and they were, you know, paying themselves like $300 a day per per diems. Uh, you know, they, they their professional fees were like skyrocketing as soon as they got funding from the government. And I just thought, holy crap! They like it from day one. It has not been, you know, transparent or accountable. So I don't know what would make me think this is. No, that's you though. You're the eternal optimist, right? Yeah, that's right. I guess out of the two of us, I guess that's my. I guess I have to play that role. <laughs> <laughs> um, now what I thought was interesting is the the varied response to this uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus. Uh, thing if you look at their websites uh, for just the cartelli organizations and i guess the reason i'm kind of mostly picking on them or or i wouldn't say picking but talking about them and uh, is because they're the ones getting all these millions in funding um places like the man or the metis federation of canada they're not getting a, an absolute penny to help anybody um i don't know what the metis um you know federation of british columbia is getting um I, I just, and I don't know if any other organizations getting any funding. So I think it's a, it's it's worth it just to focus on the cartel for now because they're getting thirty million dollars in taxpayer money for what is my question. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll start with the Métis Nation of Alberta, where on their website they have absolutely no mention of COVID nineteen, their response, what they plan to do, nothing. Um, I did not check their Facebook page. Maybe there's something on there. But I thought for an organization getting $7.5 million, probably in the next 15 days, uh, you have a very poor way of communicating exactly what you're going to be doing with that. 
Yeah, typical though. There's not even a press release or a heads up that they are, are getting the money and they might be doing something with it. You know, it's again, there's just crickets. Well, and, and I have to wonder, okay, so they get this money. Does that mean, oh, well, it's going to pay for consultations so that they can travel for the next nine months to communities or set up a Zoom account so they can have meetings online and, and talk about what the money is going to be used for? And in the meantime, they blow through half of it on administration costs because that's how they tend to do business. Um, and so I'm very, you know, I'm not real excited about what the Métis Nation of Alberta Association is going to be doing. When I look at uh, Métis Nation of Saskatchewan, they have a very brief press release basically just saying um, they're going to allocate $2.8 million for emergency relief to address childcare support, personal protective equipment, regional capacity, and the needs of Métis households in financial distress. So basically everything, just uh, generalized everything. <laughs> now the one that stands out there for me is regional capacity. And what does that mean? Um, are we hiring more staff? Are we like what? What is regional capacity? That sounds like they're gonna filter a couple hundred thousand into the regions so that they can beef up their bank accounts or something. I don't know. Sounds shady to me. Well, again, it's these broad categories that are nondescript. So how do you how do you know where anything is going? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that was their basic response. And then they just go on to tell you that this is part of the bigger, you know, amount of money coming from the government. Um, the health of our citizens is paramount, blah, blah, blah. So that's interesting. Again, I don't know how you're going to qualify for it. I don't know what they're like. Do you have to fill out application forms? It doesn't say it's just kind of a general, general thing. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, heading over to the big MMF, uh, they have a press release on there talking about bridging financial support. Uh, MMF is assisting Métis citizens affected by COVID-19 pandemic. So, and all that says there, they don't even talk about the amount of money. They just have, um, they recognize there's a bridge and there's a, a gap that needs to be bridged. Uh, and you can, online applications are now available or you can call any one of these phone numbers for assistance. Um, <laughs> and then they have two applications, one for Métis entrepreneurs and one for Métis workers. And you can fill out an application and I guess apply for some interim funding. Um, that seems to be the gist of what they're really going after. But that was it. They didn't say really anything. Like it's... It's about a three-line press release, and then it's got all the phone numbers and contact info. So kind of a lame response there on the MMF's part. Well, given the fact that they get how many millions, if not a billion dollars from the government already and tell you very little with what they're going to do with it, you know, seven million or so is a peanuts and probably don't feel they should have to be too uh, specific with what's going on. Well, exactly right. Exactly. And then we head over to the Métis Nation of Ontario, which uh, honestly had probably uh, the best or the longest response where they're talking about um, they're monitoring the situation. Um, the, thanks to technology, we're able to provide the majority of our programs and services so far. Um, 
they've pulled together all the announcements from the governments. So they go on and on. They go web-based communications and support for councils. They've got assessing provincial and federal COVID supports. Um, so it seems like they've got a little bit more detail on theirs, although they really don't say how they're spending any money. Um, but that you can definitely contact them and they're trying to support their locals a little more and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. They, uh, they want to get the funds out to their citizens for a wide range of areas from accessing food, medicine, medical transportation, protective gear, and other household supplies, toilet paper, <laughs> uh, and MNO staff will be there to provide assistance wherever they possible, blah, 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 blah. So, so I, I would actually say that their response was probably the best out of any of them that I've seen so far. Um, but again, no, no accounting for money or anything that's going on. And yeah, then, there's no specifics. So they're when they're talking about helping people out out of the, all the, the the millions, they're not putting a number on what they're going to allocate to any one direction. Well, that's just it. And, and you know, honestly, at the end of the day, I think if if they didn't set allocation limits I'd be okay with that as long as at the end of all this we can get a kind of an accounting of what they actually spent the money on um, then I'd be fine but uh, if it's just money coming open ended with no expectations on reporting uh, I, I don't know man that just seems uh, scary because I, I wouldn't trust these guys with uh, 25 cents let alone 7.5 million well, again, it boils down to that, that same conversation we've had before, that if this was any kind of real government, you would be forced to provide that kind of accountability. Absolutely. And and I I don't know, it didn't break down um, how much is going to the settlements and how much is actually going to like the Métis Nation of Alberta. Uh, to be honest with you, I would hope that most of the money would go to the settlements, considering they actually have a land base and communities that they you know, are servicing. Um, the Métis Nation of Alberta nonprofit organization, I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's, well, it's a club. I mean, that's what it is. And so, like, you know, they, they just have such a shoddy and shady way of handling money. Like, where, where would the money go if you needed housing support? Would you get that in a rural community? So I hope the most, most of it goes to the settlements, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, well, and they're the only ones with the land base, so I would hope that the people who are actually living in remote location and not in an urban center where you can still catch a cab and head to the old Costco, uh, that they would see some serious financial support out of this since they're the most isolated. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the, the MNA and a lot of these uh, Métis provincial governments get really comfortable with just... I mean, if I'm in Calgary and I'm a member of the Métis Nation of Alberta, like, if I need anything, it's it's already here. Like, um, yes, possibly I might be able to get some financial support from the Métis Nation of Alberta. You know, if I was laid off and I needed some temporary funds or I don't know what. But uh, the truth is, is I suspect with the government, what they're going to do is they're going to be, you can get this support or you can get that support, but you can't get both supports. So if you get some sort of support from the Métis Nation of Alberta, you're probably ineligible to get support from the federal government. And so you're going to play this ping-pong game, um, and I just have a feeling that most people are going to go, you know what, it's just easier just to deal with the government, which is the federal government of Canada, 
or the provincial government, rather than try and, well, I got $1,000 from, you know, the maintenance, and I got 500 from here, and I got 500 from, like, it, it'd just be easier to go with one source, right? So I don't know how much the MA really needs when most of their, like, it's really, I, I think, honestly, the focus should be on the rural communities, but where they're kind of further away from everything and supplies and stuff like that, like you said. Yeah, I I agree. I think the it would be nice if it was a, an additional thing. I think the the Métis are owed it. I think lots of Métis people live remotely, and so there's more challenges that way. It's a little more hardship trying to get, you know, um, everyday things taken care of. Where if you're living in an urban center, that's not necessarily uh, as big an issue. So, but again, it boils down to allocation. There's no guidelines or parameters to where this money is going to be spent on what, how, you know, to whom is it going to be spent? Who are they giving priority to? And there's not really even any disclosure of how do you actually go about applying for it? So if I actually uh, could qualify what, what, you know, when I want it for an elder or I want it for a home care or I got a shortage in my bills, how do I apply? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's that's what I noticed about all these is like they're very generalized. Um, even when we're talking about these, the ones that did have a press release, like I was reading the MNBC one as well, and it's very general. It's like we're going to do this and we're going to provide supports, but um, what those are, we don't know. How we're going to get them to you, we don't know. What how much money is going to go to them, we don't know. <laughs> so, well, who who even qualifies? Like, so exactly. even if you are a member, uh of the organization how do you know you qualify or not and exactly. for what like what, what would you apply for well exactly uh and how much and what what is it going to look like and when is the decision going to be made as to who gets it um you know i know a lot of people are, are facing hard times come april 1st just with rents and mortgages and all this kind of stuff so if the money doesn't even become available till after april 1st like you know we're kind of down to crunch time and uh I mean, obviously we're at the end of March, so, you know, if the, if the money's not there for another 20 days, 30 days, are you really helping anybody at that point? I don't know. Well, I mean, the money will come sooner or later, hopefully, but there's so many questions. And then the reality is because we don't have any of the specifics about the who, when, where, what, or how, then we have no idea when this money could become available. So if you were in dire straits and you really needed the help, is this uh, 7 million plus dollars actually ever going to find its way into your pocket to help you out? Yeah. And that's, that's the real big question because there's no, no accountability because they're not even saying, Hey, we're setting up a fund for, you know, people who can't buy toilet paper. So apply this way, you know, there's just this broad category of, barely acknowledging that they even got money. Well, exactly. And like, it's really easy to say, Hey, this is what we want to support with it. You know, elders and and vulnerable community members and all that. But again, like, like you said, I'd like to know who actually got some money. Like what, you know, we don't need to know their details, but like that it actually went to a human being would be nice to know, Um, you know, where those people are. Like, I just, I think, this is a really great example of how vague all these organizations are with their money and how anybody that's a member of these cartel organizations is basically is just 
gets to sit back and watch these people ride through the gravy train while very little of it actually trickles down the community. And I think it's going to be really shameful to see a whole pile of money go to these organizations and then, you know, five or ten years from now, we'll find out that, oh, only like 10 or 15% of the money actually got out into the community. Like, which is honestly from a cynical point of view and, and my honest belief is I believe that's probably what's going to end up happening. Oh yeah. I can't, uh, if, if we got reports back in six months or a year from now saying, Hey, I was one of the people this money went to and I was, you know, really benefited from it or what I'd be really impressed. Yeah. Well, like I, I saw some comments online um, in various groups and like, well, one was saying that, you know, they can't even get a hold of the Métis Nation of Alberta right now. Like they've tried phoning their local. The phones are like the office is closed. Nobody's there. They've tried phoning the head office. They're not getting a response. And maybe that was just that one person. Maybe they called at a bad time. I don't know. But, um, you know, they called during regular business hours and it's not like the phones are forwarded to anybody is what that person seemed to think. So, you know, I, I, I get that we're all trying to stay inside and, and kind of hide from this shit. But at the same time, if you're going to get seven and a half million dollars to provide support for people, people should be able to get a hold of you. Um, and as you know, like the Métis Nation of Alberta is a great example of how they don't even have anything on their website. Like it's just blank. It's just same old news, nothing new. So, I don't know, man. I'm not. Uh, I'm not real optimistic here. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath that uh, all of a sudden there'll be an extra seven and a half million dollars available to Métis people just because the uh, cartel got it. Yeah, right. Like as it- as we've seen, they get all kinds of money, and very little of it ever makes it into any uh, actual Métis hands. You know, if you're a grassroots person, likely that you will not see any of this money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm on their Facebook page just right now and I'm looking through and basically they're resharing. Um, they've reshared a few articles about like the updates from Dr. Dina Hinshaw and the province here. Um, and then other than that, they're posting things like try finger weaving. Um, our youth team are helping spread the qual- culture in quarantine. And, um, so there's like finger weaving, there's, uh, I don't know, Métis crossing advertisement for, for people looking for work for the summer. (laughs) Um, and then like some advertisement for Rupert. So so it's like, I guess my point is there's, there's so very little on what they're going to be doing for Métis people. Like you give these guys seven million, seven and a half million dollars, and what are they going to do with it? Like, it's crazy. Well, if I was going to look into my crystal ball and hazard a guess, I would say they're going to do seven and a half million dollars worth of what they're doing already. Yeah, exactly. Which is pretty much nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're, I, I just, I don't see what they're going to provide that isn't already being provided and available to, you know, just standard Albertans. Um, other than if they were to focus on their rural, more, um, more disconnected, uh, communities, I could see that, 
but yeah, like I, I don't know. It just it scares me when we see this kind of money thrown around and and there's no accountability already. It's just it's, what's the point? Um, oh well, it's good for the government because they can say they gave the Métis people that money, but as far as the Métis people themselves go, you're likely not going to see any real benefit. Yeah, your bacon will probably not be saved. Well, and then in this trying time where they're going to help out people. Now, granted, the Métis housing in Alberta houses more more non-Métis people than Métis people. But here, this is hilarious. Remember that until further notice, all Métis housing office locations, including head office, will not be open to visitors. If you are a tenant needing to pay rent, utilities, etc., and are not already set up for automatic withdrawal or e-transfer... You can call the office and they will set you up for a quick and easy method of payment. So as of March 27th, uh, they are not giving any of their renters any type of extension. Um, you know, uh, deferral or anything on rent. So maybe when the, all that money shows up, maybe the renters will get some some help. Maybe that's what they're going to put it all towards. But as of right now, better get your goddamn rent paid on on uh, April 1st or else. Yeah, isn't that terrible? Like, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. So that's, yeah. <laughs> like, you're going through, what are they going to do for people? Oh, well, they're charging rent and utilities. Absolutely. <laughs> they're going to still take your money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they They still got a business to run here, folks. Come on. So, so as we've seen, they're very good at taking money. They're good at taking money from the government. They're good at taking money from their renters. They're just not so good at giving money. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I can't go back any further. It's just more of a joke. They just keep resharing the Alberta stuff. So I think what you're you're going to find with a lot of these organizations is they're probably just going to be like, well, there's a gov- there's already a provincial program for that. You need to apply there. Oh, there's already a federal program for that. You need to apply there. And uh, like we said, that money will just disappear in administration. Yeah, more of those fees. Oh, you can't get away from fees. And apparently can't get away from your rent when it comes to the Métis housing. Um, So, you know, if if anybody out there uh, is listening to this episode, uh, obviously we're not live, so you can't call in. But if you want to send an email to MétisPodcast.gmail.com, you are more than welcome to to let us know exactly how the cartel organizations are helping you. Um, and for those of you who are trying to contact them for help and getting nowhere, send us an email as well if you want and let us know exactly the the you know how easy it is that you're finding to get that help from them. Because I would really like to be able to monitor this as we go through and get some feedback from folks on on just how they're handing this money out, who's getting the help, and how easy it is to get that help. So please, if you know people that are getting help, if you know people that are accessing it, I would sure love to know. Um, and just send us an email at metipodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's my little radio plug there. <laughs> but yeah, so other well, than that, I think that's... Would be fun. <laughs> well, it would be kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, that's really all I got for, for now. I mean, I know it's... You'd think I'd have more just simply because I'm sitting around the house all day, but uh, no, there's just not a whole lot going on other than everybody's supposed to stay inside and not touch each other. So, um, 
I don't know. How, what, have you been hearing anything Métis related, Jason, as far as? Well, to tell you the truth, I have been um, pretty swamped at work um, because what I do is dependent on crowds um, really doing a bunch of renovations. So I really haven't been on any social media at all. Other yeah. than to catch some f- funny memes that uh, keep getting sent my way, so <laughs> absolutely. Um, oh, and I wanted to. One of the things that I thought was interesting about this Indigenous community sport. So we're gonna sh- move a little bit of fur- away from just Métis now. So obviously, in any of the other provinces other than those five, uh, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Ontario, no Métis are getting any funding from anywhere. Um, Shock. Yeah. Right. But what I thought was interesting is uh, Quebec, the First Nations in Quebec are getting $24.8 million. But you compare that to places like Manitoba, they're getting almost $36 million. Alberta's getting twenty, little over $26 million. Saskatchewan, $30 million. Ontario, $37.5 million. So I'm guessing they're basing that on population. I'm, I'm, but I, I don't really know. Um but it's just interesting to me that the Maritimes in Quebec get the lowest amounts out of this funding. Um, so, like, basically the, the the Maritimes are getting a total of $10.5 million for all of the Maritimes. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I mean, that's par for the course for the marginalization that we are, we continually see going on in those regions. You know, they're they're always put to the bottom of the pile as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I thought this was a good way to highlight that. Like why, you know, I, I don't know what the indigenous first nation population in Quebec is, but I don't know. It would seem like it would have to be higher than say Alberta, but yet we're getting, you know, almost $2 million more than them. So I don't know. That just seems weird. Well, even if you said it was equal, right? Yeah. You you think, Given the size of the province, its overall population numbers, um, the indigenous population there should be relatively the same percentage-wise, I would think. Yeah. So, no, why the big disparity in funding? Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's an interesting map. Um, and again, even with the, coming from the government, like they're so very vague on what this is for. Um, well, as we've seen, though, the federal government is kind of using this whole, uh, you know, pandemic as a license to do a lot of things um, very much. You know, we've yet to see if you were, a, you know, a taxpaying Canadian citizen um, while we're all, you know, eager to make sure that we all personally pay our bills and can make it through this without, you know, being homeless. Um we've yet to see any financials from the government of what kind of a deficit this is going to sink us in. Oh, absolutely. Like we're not even, nobody's even talking about that. Um, well, and one of the things, one of the things I'm just reading here is like, so some of the funding will flow through existing agreements and then they're going to have a call for proposals for regional urban and off reserve indigenous organizations that will be announced soon. Oh, so there's going to be separate funding for those programs, regional, urban, and off-reserve uh, organizations, but that's going to be announced soon so that, you know, that funding will come later when the pandemic's not really a big deal. <laughs> Crazy. <sighs> well, it just seems so off. Like, if you want to help people, 
then get that money flowing and get it out there and help people. But like to have to people to have to do a proposal, which so basically they're going to open up uh, some grant programs that you can specifically apply to, to, I guess at this point, recover from COVID. It won't be even for helping people during this time because they don't approve those things quickly. Um, it takes like a year. So I don't know. This just, this is where it gets hanky because they promise you, oh yeah, we're going to do 305 million. But how much of that is available now? Like even April 1st, how much is going to actually be, okay, the government's cutting checks and sending that money to your, to your bank. Like how much is actually going to be cut? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think that's a big sentiment. Though. A lot of people are wondering, oh, there's, these programs are all calling them out. The, this funding's all being announced. But the truth is, I don't care whether you're trying to get it from the MA or from the feds or the provincial government. Um, we are not sure when any of this uh, help is actually going to hit your door. Yeah. So if you're un- unemployed and you're going to start applying for that $2,000 a month or if you're one of the people who are, you know, applying for EI, which is now like over a million, um, or you're getting that subsidy for your wages through your employer, no one's clear yet on how, when, where <laughs> you get any of that so you don't end up going homeless. Absolutely. And well, and let's keep in mind, like, these are bureaucracies. They don't, they, they don't respond and approve things in a quick fashion. That's not what they're designed for. So... I mean, even having this money available, that's great. But at the same time, you still have to go through the application process. How long is that going to take? If they got a million people as opposed to their normal flow, uh, like, uh, it's just going to be a nightmare. Like, people are going to be trying to get the money now and they'll be getting it four months from now when it's basically all said and done and they are beyond the time they needed it. I mean, it's always good to get it, but... You know what I mean? Like it won't help them in the immediate um, issues. So. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens rolling this out in the in the days ahead. Um, you know, I, I still think we're early early on in this in Canada. We've got some death time to go still. Oh yeah. Uh, looking at what's happening with our European counterparts, so you know this is going to be a, a longer haul. No, absolutely. so I'm hoping I'm hoping the help comes that people can get it in some kind of timely fashion. Um, but I think you're right. The government, uh, by definition, is a bureaucracy, um, and so you know I think it's going to be tough going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it was uh, I think it was yesterday. They they said yesterday there was five deaths in Alberta from this now, and a like 94 new cases or something like that. So. Yeah, we're really just seeing the tip of the iceberg. I mean, even when we say that, you know, there's 4 million people in Alberta, and I don't know how many of uh, our listeners out there know who's immune. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, not too many people I know are immune. So given the fact that sooner or later, this, you know, the contact rate is going to continue with us. Yeah. So this is going to be a prolonged curve flattening experience to keep some kind of semblance of healthcare together. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hope that money is not too far off in the future because, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of desperate people. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then there's even the, 
I, I I heard this story. I didn't read it, but there was this idiotic couple that sold. They decided to sell everything they owned or something, and and they just drove to the Northwest Territories, and were like, "Hey, we're gonna come live off the land with you guys. Aren't 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 you lucky?" And so <laughs> the chiefs or something were like, "Yeah, you're gonna stay in this apartment we have for special guests until we can get you out of here, and you're leaving." But I thought, oh man, there, there's, uh, you know, there's got to be one in every crowd, I guess. In this case, two. But uh, yeah, people yeah, are doing crazy things, man. Well, I just don't understand. What do they, you know, you, you expect to be able to just drive to the nearest indigenous community and and uh, hope everyone's gonna hunt and fish and you know look after you like you're one of their own or what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here's some uh, here's some interesting stats on this though. Like I just looking at Canada, so we have like seventy five, close to seventy five hundred cases confirmed, uh, and like a little over a thousand have already recovered. <laughs> and you go to the states and they got like hundred almost hundred sixty five thousand confirmed, and only fifty six hundred recovered. I'm like, Woo, that's not good statistics, guys. No, I think you know as far as that's why I think this is going to be a prolonged issue is because of largely what's happening to our neighbors to the south is yeah. they are going to be in rough shape. Um, I think they've taken it too lightly. And they're a lot like us. They don't have the uh, capacity or the infrastructure any more than we do within their systems to handle an overload. Yeah. And you you hear things like setting up uh, triage hospitals in new you know Central Park and stuff like that. That's scary business. Oh, absolutely. I Yeah, I, I've been really, well, I guess I'm not really surprised at this point with anything that comes out of the States, but it is kind of surprising how little they seem to be really doing to manage this. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be a real top priority, I don't think. Well, um, given the amount of infections that are having and their uh, not great recovery rates, it's, that doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't at all. Um, they've almost had as many deaths as they have recoveries. So that's not good. So, um, and then, you know, I don't want to dwell on politics too much cause it's really easy right now to, to kind of trash politics, but I, you know, we're talking about financial accountability, transparency, and you kind of mentioned the budgets and like, you know, what is this going to look like as far as a deficit goes and that kind of thing. I thought it was interesting that here in Alberta, we laid off like 25,000, uh, education workers and I, I said to my wife I said well all that is is just Kenny because he's like you can qualify for the federal EI program <laughs> I'm like he's just trying to cut costs man that's like that's all he's caring about is like let's get these people off the books put them on the federal books then our books don't look so bad but uh, kind of a shitty thing to do it's kind of like paying charging people rent at this time yeah, and that's what that's what this is a lot about. There's a lot of uh, fairly shady, you know, power grabs, backdoor yeah. deals, layoffs. You know, we see a lot of stuff, you know, um, coming out, and they talk a lot about helping individuals and small, uh, you know, small time people like me. But when you look at at actual it's businesses, how are they helping businesses? And we talk, you know, you look at how shady that is. We haven't come out with any real help for small businesses unless you want to defer your payments which doesn't eliminate them it just puts them off till you get back to work and have to pay them and yep. your current bill yeah exactly. or you can 
or you can borrow money. Yeah. Well, if you're a small business and you got 10 employees, you, so your options are defer all your payments to pay them later or borrow money. Mm-hmm. Well, so that means when you finally do get back to work, not only do you have to pay this month's utility, but the last six months of utilities that you didn't pay. And now you got another loan payment to make because you had to borrow money. Oh, absolutely. So I, I think it's it's going to be rough uh, going on small business because, which is sad because that's one probably the largest uh, single employing sector in Canada. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be really hard on on small business and like you know your ma and pa shops of of any kind are going to be hurt. Um, I was reading too, like a lot of people, you know, because you're basically almost you're almost forced to use online services at this point. Um, so they, I read an article saying how even people who were hesitant to shop online before, this is going to get them into it. So then when this call comes out and let's say whatever, 10 years from now or a year, whatever it is that things are starting to return to normal, they're saying like the, the brick and mortar stores are going to have a really hard time recovering, especially if this goes on for any length of time, because people are just going to get used to ordering online. Well, then why do you never, you know, once this is over and we can all go back to work and resume our lives, I'm still going to order online. And so now it's just more convenient, right? So your brick and mortar stores are going to be really hard hit with this kind of thing. Well, places like Amazon uh, come out even better. Yeah. So it's pretty sad. I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's going to be a lot of support for that kind of thing. No, and that that's what we've seen. There's lots of support. For the individual, which I applaud. I mean, let's face it, we all need as much up as we can get in this time. But I think the big thing that not a lot of people are talking about is those mom and pop shops and bakeries and and local stores in your hometown. There really isn't a lot in in, in the way of uh, help for them, which is sad because where are you going to go back to work to? <laughs> These places close. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and even even when it, when things start to reopen again, it's going to be, you know, I think about the types of businesses that had to close a long time ago. Like, uh, you know, I know they just shut down like hairstylists and and tattoo shops and stuff like that. But like, you know, you're talking your theaters, your uh, your gyms, your you know things like that. Like, how long before people are actually comfortable going back to those places? And how long before you start to see profits turning again? where then you can start to hire people back maybe. You know, so like there's going to be a serious curve when we when things do start to start to come back even. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're very familiar with the gym ownership business, you know that that's a, a slim profit margin business on a on a good month. Yeah. And uh gyms were one of the first places that were told to close right out of the gate. Yeah. So you know, even if you're allowed to open your gyms, let's say in 30 days and it's to limited numbers, are you going to be able to turn any kind of reasonable profits to pay your bills and keep the lights on? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really weird time and I don't know. I mean, I, I have no answers. I'm trying to do as very little, uh, you know, around other people as I possibly can. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a tough spot. And I think, um, there's a lot of people that are going to be really negatively impacted by this. And I, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something we could talk about for hours, but at the same time, I feel like it's kind of the only thing people are talking about. So I, you know, 
kind of want to avoid the subject, to be honest. <laughs> well, and, you know, on a good perspective, we're not very far into this. You know, we've only really been at it for, uh, I know, a couple of weeks now. And it might yeah. seem like a long time when you're cooped up at home and there's nothing else on the news. But, you know, but the plague. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it feels like it's been dragging on for a very long time when in, when in reality it's been a very, very short amount of time. Overall, I you know I think I'm fairly optimistic. The government's been, you know, governments are as responsive as they can be. They've rolled yep. out as much as they can, as fast as they can. For sure. Uh, it's comparative. You look at the financial supports that the government of Canada is coming out with. It's comparable to anything you'd see if you're in France, Germany, or the UK. So, you know, good for them on that. That uh, they're keeping stride with our counterparts. Yeah, and now it's really a wait and see game. What happens? What happens next week? What happens the week after that? I don't know. It's gonna be gonna be time will tell. Absolutely, and uh, I, you know, the one th- weird thing that has been throughout this whole thing, it's been really weird for me. Is I actually went to high school. Well, I went to like all my all my years of school. I think with uh, Doctor Dina Hinshaw before she was Doctor Dina Hinshaw, and so I actually graduated with her. And it's just kind of in Sylvan Lake, and it's kind of weird to see her now like the big hero of Alberta. I'm like, really? <laughs> so that's just a little weird thing for me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So um, again, if anybody has uh, comments or or in you know firsthand knowledge of anything that um, attempts they've made with the with any of these Métis organizations to get help to access help uh, as the days go on, feel free to to email us. If you know somebody that's trying, get them to email us um, and let us know how that's going and if they got the help they needed, um, just so that we can maybe bring that to light. And I mean, I I would love to come back in about two weeks and do an episode where we talk about how amazing these organizations have been as far as getting money to people and helping people and doing great things. So I would love to be able to talk about that on an upcoming show. Having said that, I don't think that'll happen, but... But that's where we need your feedback. So if you want to give us that feedback, that would be really appreciated. Um, anything, any last wise words from you there? Oh, great one from the north, Jason. Well, stay home, stay frosting, stay, uh, enjoy your Netflix. <laughs> if you haven't watched everything on there already. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And wear a mask when you go outside and wash your damn hands. I guess that's the big wash thing. Wash your damn hands. That's right. Absolutely. Stay the hell away from people. <laughs> exactly, and don't do like the uh, the health. The, what is it? The health minister here in Alberta. Don't go confront people in your driveway at this time. That's a bad idea. Wait for later. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good times, eh? Um, yeah. I well, I guess until next week, folks. Uh, stay safe, stay uh, un- uninfected, and hopefully, uh, we'll hear from you. And uh, but until then, the jig is up.